You're listening to PageCast, a podcast series by Jonathan Ball Publishers, which at its core aims to give you the story behind the story. My name is Sean Lutz, and I'm joined by award-winning, best-selling author, psychotherapist, and corporate consultant, Noah Belling. It's good to have you here, Noah. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Only a pleasure. Look, before we get too far, I feel like we need to insert some form of disclaimer uh, that your book is there as a toolkit and as a help and as a guide, but nothing we say today is necessarily uh, mental health advice. Is that fair? Absolutely. Okay. Consult cool. with your doctor, your psychologist, if you feel you need it, yeah. and use the tools. I am holding a copy of your latest book in my hand. It's called Stress Less, Managing Anxiety in a Modern World. And if you're listening to this and you hear that and the title doesn't pique your interest, perhaps you could write a book on the subject too. I feel like everybody I speak to is under some form of stress. And I've become acutely aware of my stress triggers. So I'm going to ask you, what is your level of stress like right now? Five out of ten. Five out of ten. I've got a little bit of a speedy heart because mm -hmm. we've just started this interview and mm -hmm. I'm in an unfamiliar context. Mm -hmm. I'm also on the spot, needing to be a bit of a performer in my mindset. Uh, yes. So one of the things I like to do, if I can insert that right away, is to use one of the tools right now for me to help me center and ground. And maybe as listeners are listening to it, they can try it too. One of my favorite ones is to place a hand over the center of my chest. Mm -hmm. There's actually an acupressure point there that's really calming and soothing, both for emotions and it can settle the body. I'm noticing instantly that my breath is calming and I see you're trying it out, Sean. How does it feel for you? I felt exactly the same way. I felt because there's pressure on my chest, I'm breathing against that pressure because I'm raising and dropping my chest and immediately my breathing has slowed. And you'll probably hear it in the tone of my voice that I've slowed things down a bit. Mm. Yeah. So now Feels I'm... Good. Also now I've gone down to about a three out of 10. I can still feel my heart a bit fluttery and I definitely feel more settled. And one of the beautiful things about these tools is there's scientific evidence of how it opens your brain also to think a bit more clearly. So hopefully that'll benefit me at least for the interview. <laughs> I, I think I think you're off to a great start. I had a friend referred to an, a traffic light system and I know you've referred to one to 10, but he would say to me, uh, green, would sort of be soothed and relaxed. Amber is alert and responsive, right? And then red would obviously be <laughs> the danger zone, the, the red light sort of area, and that's more towards our danger. And you, you started saying you were in the middle there, five, which is probably a good level of stress, right? There's, there's good stress and bad stress. Stress is part of our lives for a good reason. What is the physiological reasoning for there to be stress? It is our survival mechanism. If you think about stress, it keeps us out of danger. We need it for that reason. We need to be alert to what's going on around us. It also motivates us for the same reason that it keeps us out of danger. So if we're going about our business, we're feeling peaceful, we hear a sound a little way away, we actually need to stop and listen. Even people in the Stone Age had this hardwiring. It's part of being human. We need to pay attention quickly before our mind even registers. Our nervous system goes, hey, what's that? There's actually a word for that called neuroception. It's the way we perceive, but our nervous system goes, bing, and our eyes open, our ears open, all our senses prick up. We have to pay attention. And then hopefully quickly we decide, okay, that's not a threat, or yes, that is a threat. If it is a threat, 
we pick up the pace and hopefully do what we need to do. If it's not, we can take our deep breath and come back to center. And if you think about stress being a motivator, we need it to achieve our goals. Whether it is to get away from danger, it gives us that little boost of adrenaline, the cortisol that follows that. We need that also to strive towards our goals, to achieve something. Otherwise, we would hang about lazily all day, potentially. Mm. I think most of us consider stress to be a bad thing because it weighs us down or we associate stress with bad things that have happened in our lives. But we also forget that sometimes a good thing also brings about stress and then managing your stress levels that you don't uh, continually layer them on top of one another. That's when we start to get into a more chronic experience and it leads to even worse things. Absolutely. So one of the distinctions that I believe in is, do you feel that you can cope? No matter how much stress it is, and you, you might have more of an ability to cope one day than another, depending on what's going on or how tired you are. When you feel like it's tipping over and I can't cope, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm not thinking clearly, I'm feeling pressured, that's when you know you're on the slippery slide into too much stress. And there are a lot of tools to help you backtrack or assess that. The main stress that stressless deals with is that constant grinding stress. The stress that is there, not when an actual threat is there, but because our mind is picking up on threats of yesterday and a month ago, or we worried about what might come, all the what ifs. Uh, that is the stress that we're attending to is saying a lot of the time that we are stressed if we're stressed, for a lot of people, it's like 99% of the day, maybe 90% of the day. If you're lucky, 80% of the day, <laughs> something's going on. Something's having you feel a little less peaceful, easy than you'd like to. That's the constant grinding stress. So it, even if you feel like you can cope, because one of the things that is also true is nowadays some people wear stress as a badge of honor. I'm so stressed. I'm, I'm having, leading such a busy and productive life. I'm actually quite cool because I'm stressed until I get sick more than I need to, until my exhaustion catches up with me. So often it's those crises that will let people on to the fact that, hey, hang on a moment, I need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us to be able to help people understand how to assess their stress levels and when they need to jump in, which I'd like for us to get into. The story behind this story, though, for you, Noah, what inspired you or what pushed you to put this down? What, what made you actually put pen to paper or maybe it was fingers to keyboard to actually write stress less? The pandemic and a conversation with Rockpool Publishing in Australia and the director there, obviously at that time, the world was reaching epidemic levels of stress, anxiety, depression, and it was time to write it. In truth, I always wanted to write the book about stress. Mm. It is something I feel fascinated by, especially as a body-mind-oriented psychologist, and I'll go into that a little more, such as how to read in your body that you're stressed and how valuable that can be to catch the smaller signs so that we can actually exercise our relaxation response and how can we really build that up so that we can feel calmer. A lot of a lot of people don't even know their capacity to feel calm, have fun, be interactive, feel love, express ourselves 
in a more chilled way. Hmm. We don't have to be hyper all the time. And so I've been fascinated with stress for the longest time. The pandemic pushed it to the point of becoming, okay, now's the time. And sometimes I wonder whether we've even come down from those stress levels we experienced at the pandemic because we got so used to that. Have we actually been able to return to a baseline of sorts and build from there? Or are we continuing to add more layers to that stress we were feeling a couple of years ago? And and I know your body can obviously read stress really well. I believe your first career you took to the boards, you were a professional ballet dancer. And we know dancers take a lot of strain on their bodies or their bodies rather, they take a lot of strain. I, I imagine that your, your body took a lot of strain before and during that, that time of your life. And your master's in somatic psychology has surely also equipped you with understanding the pains that your body was feeling and what was happening with you mentally. Do you find that very few people can make that connection, that they feel void? The thing that's happening in my head has got nothing to do with my body and the pain I feel in my body has got nothing to do with my thoughts and what I'm thinking? <laughs> that's my work is to help bring that more into the foreground and how body awareness can be an amazing change agent, whether for us individually or even for social change. For example, a simple practice like compassion, which is about tuning in, coming down. I sometimes use the analogy of taking an elevator from your head, where many of us live, down to your heart. And the more we can do that, and send love. It's sometimes hard to send love to ourselves. So to send love out to others, maybe someone we know who's not feeling well. It's like energetic activism. And then hopefully weave it back to benefit from it ourselves. It is, it is a, it, it's a practice. It is a connection that needs to be woven into place. And I believe that it creates a more warm-hearted way of living, a more intuitive, in touch with ourselves, way of living, so that that can also form like a moral compass yeah. for, for people, both in terms of how I'm treating myself, am I pushing myself too far, and how am I treating others? Yeah. And the expectations that we put on ourselves, I mean, maybe it's not just a work stress or a traffic stress, but it's the stress of being sociable. And then when you're on a social situation, to be the life of the party or to at least hold conversations with strangers that you don't know and understanding where it is that you sit in that space, what gives you energy, what stresses you out, what takes your energy, and then how do you find that balance again so that you're you're not constantly under stress, right? The first piece of that is know thyself. Mm. I, for example, am more introverted and so when I'm socializing in a party setting and there's a lot of people who I don't know and I can't have more of that one-on-one -on -one connection with people, I know that it's going to raise my stress levels. And so I will preempt that by using stress uh, support tools, stressless tools. Which there are plenty of in the book, right? <laughs> that's correct. And that's where they come from, partly from my own explorations, my work with clients, my work with companies. These are all tried and tested tools. Uh, research, I love the research side of it, is really finding while wow, there is so much support for the body-mind connection and for drawing on. Stressless not only draws on the body, we also access the tools for the mind, which could be mindfulness, in other words, living more in the present moment and quick ways to do that. Can I give you a quick example Please of that? Please do, yeah. A few seconds. 
Notice where you are now in terms of your level of how much am I inside my thoughts or inside my body, kind of my quality of attention. Mm -hmm. Just take a read, whatever you notice. And now notice three things that you can see, anything at all. Just identify three things in the environment. So I can look around. Look around. Okay, cool. Yeah, you don't need to name them. Just notice three things. Okay. Then when you're done with that, listen outwards and identify three sounds. It's quite quiet in this room, but you can hear maybe the traffic in the distance, maybe the sound of silence or a bit of the air con. And you can even challenge yourself to listen out to the furthest sound. We live in Cape Town, which is mountains. Can you hear the mountains in the distance? It's a strange question, although it's a good challenge. (laughs) Go there, go there. I'm with you. (laughs) And then move three parts of your body. So move your head maybe, or just pick any three. And notice how I notice as I'm starting to do it, my breath is opening up. Any three parts of your body. And once you've completed that, just take a moment to do that read again. What's your quality of attention now? Has anything shifted? Love it. What about it? I love the fact that it has shifted. I feel a little bit more focused than I was earlier. When you said, when you started and you said, how much are you in your head? I was definitely thinking about what was I going to say next, which I think a lot of us are. We listen to conversations, but we're obviously always thinking, well, what am I going to add to what you've just said? So I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next. Um, I had also noticed as you started, uh, started walking us through that guided practice that I was sitting in an odd position. My foot was turned on its side. My knee, my, my hips were slightly skew. So all of that additional realignment has made me feel like, oh, I don't have all of these other peripherals to worry about. I can now just concentrate on the conversation that I'm having with you. Absolutely. Feeling anxious, feeling depressed, feeling stressed is fueled by our thoughts, by what's going on in our mind. Yeah, I could definitely notice I was getting back more into my body. The importance of including the body piece of it, moving some parts of your body, is that it also frees up your breathing and helps you notice because so many times we are swallowed up in our stress and our bodies contract and we don't even notice it. You were mentioning how your foot was or sometimes I notice I can be a little hunched over and I don't even notice it. So bringing some movement. There are quite a few stressless tools that look at the body side of it. And this particular presencing exercise that I use, the double value of moving a few parts of your body is that it also frees up your posture, brings your awareness. doesn't mean you need to sit ramrod straight because that'll bring more tension and tension equals stress it just brings your awareness to go how can i hopefully sit more comfortably mm-hmm. you make mention there of hunched shoulders or slouching which we tend to do if we're sitting in front of a computer or we're busy with an activity and we we become more head focused than we are body focused or we're just focusing on one thing uh, and i was reading in the in stress less and managing anxiety in a modern world you make mention of email apnea which really shocked me and i think i'm probably quite guilty of it won't you explain This is a concept that has been studied that I experienced even before I knew about it. It is the experience, whether it's looking at your email or simply being on screen for a long time, I write. So I sit for long periods of time in front of my computer. When you're concentrating on your screen, it's the feeling of dissociation that you experience afterwards. So you it takes a while. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, where you get up from your computer or 
from checking emails, and you just feel like you're disconnected from the day. The stressless tools would be, for example, use that presencing technique. Orient yourself to the environment. Look, listen, move a little bit. Just loosen up, get your breathing going, can help you come back into your body. The more interesting piece of it, in the beginning of stressless, I speak about different identifying different stress responses and how you can recognize them in your body even before they reach the level of being crises. For example, you've got your fight, flight, and freeze, and I'll speak to those in a moment because freeze is interesting for another reason. But there's also your more frozen, stilling, dulling, dumbing down responses, or you might say depressing responses that access a part of the nervous system called your dorsal vagal nervous system from the polyvagal theory, which means you just leave yourself like dissociate. And this is the experience of when you're really tired. It can be called a collapse response or it can be called a numb blank freeze response. It depends on the context. We actually, and so what's happening with this email apnea with when we spend time on screens, we actually, our body is reading it as a stress response. It is a blank, numb kind of freeze response. And it's responding the same when we get up from the screen as it would. Now, the blank, numb freeze response is actually quite a serious free, uh, stress response. It's the stress response when fight or flight has not worked or cannot work. Or if you're a really small animal, you sometimes go into this freeze response so that the predator will not notice you and will eventually leave you alone. And then you can wake yourself up. And they do that often with a shudder and a shake and then they get moving again. And what we want to do is realize that when we've been sitting at the computer, it's actually mimicking our body being in a stress response, this kind of numb, blank stress response. And we want to help ourselves back into this wonderful presence. We did that little presencing exercise. So if I were to look at an end goal, when I am less stressed, I will be more One of the words is present, Mm. hopefully in a heartfelt way. We add that overlay. And that presence is what we're wanting to come back to. So when you are in that kind of a frozen response, you've been sitting really still, unnaturally so. The human being is not made to be sitting still, staring at something for so long. You need to encourage some movement, look around, stretch your body, any way that you can encourage movement, breathing to get going again, and then you can notice, oh, it's almost like a warming. Even if you take a moment now, we've been sitting for a few moments, and just stretch your body and allow the natural yawn that'll come with that stretching. Or a sigh. Or a sigh, exactly. Mm. I'm noticing there's like a little bit of warmth that's just flushed into my head and my face. Mm. I don't know if you want to say anything there about how it actually innovates, it wakes up. A warmth, it wakes up your nervous system's blood supply to your face Mm. and to your head. Those things go actually cold Mm. and numb. Yeah, I I think what I was thinking when when I'd read about email apnea and then understanding when I do sit in front of my computer and I have received an email that maybe I wasn't expecting to receive or it's a a demand on my time or it's just uh, somebody else asking for another thing. And the more you read it, you start to hold your breath. You start to... And you're not realizing that you've actually held your breath. And in holding your breath, you're, you know, you're shutting down all the systems in your actual body. So that idea that we're reading something, but I'm so focused on what I'm reading, the rest of my body has forgotten 
that it still needs to operate. That's and right. as you're quite rightly saying, by doing those uh, small movements, by exaggerating a breath, by bringing yourself back into the present, you suddenly realize, oh, wait, the four emails I've read, they're not that bad, right? But because they've been layered on top of one another and I was holding my breath, unbeknownst to me, yes. I've made the situation bigger, worse than it actually was. Absolutely. I'm glad you referenced the the three stress responses that so many of us know, the flight, sorry, fight, flight, and freeze. I, again, I was surprised to see how you're unpacking, or was it there an additional six or nine of them that you that you outline, uh, that you outline in, in the book? Uh, but you also make mention, and I'm not sure if I'm going to get the doctor's name right, of Dr. Robert Navos. Oh, the cell danger response. Yes, because that sounds far more dangerous than a fight, flight, or freeze response, a cell danger <laughs> response. Yes. So that's Robert Navio, Dr. Robert Navio. And what I love about what this reminds me of is the fact that when we're stressed, not only am I looking out for danger and trying to take care of it, which is necessary at times and the cleverest thing to do at times. But most of the time we're stressed, we're not actually faced with an actual imminent threat to our lives. Yeah, yeah. But when we're in that stress response, you can almost feel that if you freeze up and just imagine yourself frozen in fright for a moment, all the way down to your cells, Dr. Navio's research shows that your cells actually shift into some kind of protective mode as opposed to their regenerative, healthy mm. cell production, doing what we need to. So then when you relax, if you take a deep breath and just maybe place a hand back on your chest as we did in the start, mm. it's almost like a trickle-down effect. Mm. And research shows, for example, by Dr. Rick Hansen, that little 30-second increments through the day, even just once or twice in the day, for example, looking back at the hand to the heart, it, you need to hold these positions or keep your breathing practice going for about 30 seconds just to allow your body. It's like a trickle-down effect. Otherwise, what happens is we go, oh, I want to relax, and now I must get back to my work, but my tummy is actually still tight like a knot. Yep. So you want to allow that trickle-down. You want to bring consciousness. You want to breathe with it. And breathing by by breathing, there's quite a bit that I write about breathing because it's really a can be a key in shifting from a stress response is gentle breathing. We sometimes think of a deep breath like a sigh, which can be useful for stress release. Sometimes we do that instinctively. Mm. That actually is a nervous system reset and can be a valuable tool for stress release that if we can educate those around us, maybe we could even use it in the presence of others. Otherwise, just take yourself somewhere private to take a sigh if you need it. And we sometimes spontaneously sigh. Besides for the deep breathing, it can be far more beneficial when we're aiming to calm ourselves down. Let's say we place a hand on our heart and we also want to use a breathing technique to breathe as slowly and gently as we can. For example, there's a kind of breathing called resonance frequency breathing or coherence breathing. It's the breathing that you land up breathing after a yoga class or after you've gone to church and sung hymns or many spiritual traditions have ways that we use our voice or practices like qigong and martial arts. They use slow movements. They will lead you there on their own. And for the rest of us, 
who not when we're not practicing that, we might aim for like about two, three seconds of breathing really slowly. You can even try it now. Just breathe for about two seconds. Try breathe through your nose in and out, if possible. If your nose is blocked, you can do it through your mouth. Now, for some people, just a little disclaimer, focusing on breathing can raise anxiety levels. If that's the case for you, stop the breathing practice. There are more physical practices like stretching. There's more mental practices. There's other things you can do. And for those of you responding to this breathing, this gentle breathing, rather than going, because at the end of the day, that, that will release stress. But what we want to train, actually, to counteract the stress response is a slower breathing pattern. And that actually stimulates what our relaxation response. Right in the beginning of the book, I introduce the difference between a stress response and a relaxation response. And if you take away one piece of information for yourself, a question could be, am I in a stress response or am I experiencing my relaxation response? A stress response could be tension anywhere in your body, gritting the jaw, tension in your shoulders, slightly holding your breath. With stress less, you can get into even more detail about which stress response. But for now, just notice where in your body might you be holding stress, holding breath, holding tension, or feeling really exhausted and sort of just collapsed. That's also a stress response. And when you come into your relaxation response, what that is, is that following your hand to the heart Following the exercise we did earlier of coming into the moment, your body goes, ah, oh. doesn't necessarily go, yeah. <laughs> it's not that extreme, although that might be needed at first. Yes. It's kind of like, ah, oh, I'm here. And what opens up is our ability to be with each other. It can be measured in nervous system terms. The polyvagal theory speaks about access to our ventral vagal, which feeds our face, our ability to be expressive to come from heart, our hearts, to be compassionate towards ourselves and each other. All these wonderful abilities come when we're able to develop the relaxation response. I spoke to one goal earlier. If we're not stressed, what are we aiming for? We're aiming to be more present. Well, if we're not stressed, we're, well, we can't be never not stressed. Stress is valuable. But if we want to stress less, be present, learn to become more present, such as with these simple tools, and find ways to build to grow that relaxation response and there are many ways to go about it as a matter of fact most of the tools are all about growing your relaxation response which brings with it calmer breathing mm -hmm. which brings with it more a sense of more flow or more ease in our beings a sense of being more comfortable in ourselves and in our body and an ability to come from our hearts and I look at the stress less tools sometimes as tricks to help you get there, a bag of tricks. Mm. And if you are bored with the trick you tried yesterday or if you forgot what to do, you can literally just pick up the book, randomly open it on a page and try out what's being offered to you there. 100%. Like you say, the first few chapters are really explaining things and getting into the nitty gritty. But the majority of the book is packed with 
practical exercises, and you've differentiated some of those. You've sort of grouped them together for anxiety and depression. And then under each of those, you've gone anxiety, mind, body exercises, depression, mind, body exercises. And then right at the end, there are also exercises for just being mindful and mindfulness, regardless of which you're experiencing more of. Um, we've we've learned through stress less. I would, at least I felt like I learned for the first time nine different stress responses. And, and I really like the fact that uh, there's a section for each of them where it's, it, you're asking, can you relate? And then you're breaking down descriptions of which of these stress responses might be the one that you turn to. Uh, I definitely fit into a, a flight and maybe a little bit of freeze, right? That's, that's my, spot, my spot. On the counter, on the opposite page, You've also gone into descriptions of what your body or your emotions might be feeling, um, a typical response might be. You've even given potential gifts, which intrigued me. I do have to ask, what is your typical stress style? What's your go-to stress style? Anxious freeze. Really? Absolutely. And you were mentioning earlier that that can be, was it anxious freeze you were saying that gets quite... Um... So there's two kinds of freeze responses. Mm -hmm. The one is where you feel stuck to the spot, like you might be having performance anxiety or you're in a social setting. The, the, what makes it an anxious freeze is that your heart is pounding and your mind is racing or your heart is pounding and your mind is blank, but your heart is pounding, which means that it's a sympathetic nervous system. It's an activating energizing response, although it can be likened to a car in which you have one foot on the brake and one foot on the accelerator. Right. Now, with the numb blank freeze, like when you sit at the computer is being mimicked, that is your heartbeat slows down. Your metabolism slows down. It's the feeling of I'm hiding. I'm wanting to be invisible. Very important if you're a tiny little mouse waiting for a predator to disappear, you want to be as still and quiet as possible or even play dead. Mm. Because then you are fearing for your life. Yes. Yes. So that's the difference. So my go-to is that I'm frozen to the spot. I can get little frights or be quite nervous. Although from years of various practices, a lot of their mindfulness, a lot of their movement from my dance and then various forms of movement backgrounds, I use the tools. Mm. I place a hand on my heart. I'll take a breath and a stretch. I like to smooth out my movements. One of the last chapters, the last chapters is filled with resources for anybody. One of them is actually a movement sequence, getting you to explore, for example, raising your arms with your breath and lowering your arms, raising on an in-breath and lowering on the out-breath and smoothing that out. Because when we are jittery, we're a bit shaky. Mm. Or we feel that we're, we're, I also tend to rush. And then it's kind of all over the place and I'll stump my toe. One of the other tools is to, is to ground through your feet. And so also in the movement sequence at the end, but in other parts of, of Stressless also, grounding through the feet is such a wonderfully important one. Two feet on the ground, you can feel more centered in a moment. So these are the kind of things I remind myself to do very regularly. And you have so many toolkits to to lean on because you have, which is great now, because now I have them too. I can <laughs> use them whenever I want to. Uh, there are, again, we've said there are so many different options in here. You really could from any one day to the next, just flip the book open and go, actually, I'm going to try this one and see how it, how it resonates and how it feels for me. You mentioned earlier, and 
and it was an experience that I had a while back. We spend so much of our time in our heads. Mm. And the sort of analogy that I was feeling was that once I felt my body again, once I felt more present, I was like, I'm actually a whole being. I'm not just being carried around by this body below my head and feeling like everything is integrated. There's an ease that came with that. There was a, I was far more present. I felt far more connected to people. Yeah. It wasn't just everything happening in my head, as you say. Uh, you outline in the book a few times that stress, anxiety, and depression have become a sign of our times. And you mentioned earlier about the pandemic, and we were talking about how you know the stress that we all felt collectively then um, has sort of carried us into to where we are now, four years, nearly five years later. Um, and it really does feel like everybody I speak to is experiencing some level of stress that they feel is worth mentioning, whether it's finances, whether it's electricity, whether it's the heat, whether it's we've gotten used to this level of stress. So how do we then spot, you may have mentioned this earlier, how do we then spot whether that stress is an okay thing, we've got it under control, or whether it's starting to develop into something that's chronic and that's going to affect our health? How do we intervene before it gets dangerous? Playing with tools like are offered in this book. Playing with tools before you're in a crisis so that you can ask, am I breathing? Am I thinking clearly? To be able to pick up, am I in a stress response? Is it necessary? Sometimes if I've been depressed, I actually need to up the ante. I need to get a bit more energy in my system. I need to go for that walk or do some exercise. Or one of the final chapters actually gives you a writing model that you can follow for goal setting and problem solving to put it down on one page and just jot ideas down to help you come up with an action plan and a to-do list because sometimes that's what's important. So stress is a sign of our times. Arguably, the human race is a stressed human race. If you look at generations before us, there were plenty stressors. So this might not be a new thing. Uh, I believe with our devices and social media and the immediacy of feedback from others, the immediacy of news, uh, inf information overwhelm, it's making the levels of stress possibly much higher. And the main important thing to take out is if you can spot it, if you can read stress less when you're not as stressed, you're not at a crisis point, when you can play with some of the tools, then you can have your favorite go-to tools. You go, oh, wow, I'm in that response. You might remember a bit sooner. And it's not a perfect art. It's not trying to never be stressed. It's only about wanting to stress less because we need stress as that motivator. But to realize, oh, wow, it's affecting my state of mind. It's, um, I really haven't breathed for it feels like days on end. Uh, or, and to be able to ask some of the questions, I also want to point listeners to the exercises, the list of exercises that I deliberately wanted right up front, in the front of the book. So not only can you do a random page opening, but you can be sitting with a feeling and you're not quite sure what it is. Please open the book just after the contents and scroll your finger down the exercise lists. They will guide you to exercises to identify your stress responses. If you're feeling anxious, do you feel like something to tackle your mind or your body? Are you feeling really depressed? Is there something to target that? 
Or would you like to try one of the tools in the final chapters, for example, visualization or a movement routine, which is not to take away from your favorite exercise. It's a complementary practice really aimed at your mental health and your stress management. So look through, use that list of exercises to to guide your choices. And the more we invest in it, again, referring to Dr. Rick Hansen's work, he really speaks about needing to, I call it pump up the positive, needing to reinforce it, to practice it. This is not something we want to be excellent at at the time we need it most. We want to have these many little 30-second interventions, or maybe we like a practice and we want to do it in the morning or somewhere in the day. Use your favorites and use them often. Um, it actually rewires your brain. It helps you remember so that when you do reach a crisis point, you might actually remember that much more easily mm. and go, oh, wow, let me focus on my breathing. Maybe I will use a sigh or two and then maybe I'll take my five slow, gentle breaths aiming for five seconds in, five seconds out which is hard to accomplish, maybe mm. three seconds in, three seconds out. Or place a hand on my chest. Or like I mentioned today, come into the moment. I've dropped a few tools in today that you will find in Stressless. So it's about, it's about practicing. It's about not waiting for a crisis. Mm. I was about to say, so who would you say should pick up this book? For me, everybody. But if you're beyond a level of self-help, maybe you know, start sooner rather than later. We, we, want to, we want to help as many people as we possibly can to stress less. And in a world that's filled with so much anxiety around so many things, as you quite already said, we're receiving information at such an incredible speed. And so often we're anticipating that we need to respond with same speed. We're not putting our boundaries in place. We're not creating space for ourselves. It is crucial to do that, to be able to show up as a better human being for everybody else around us. So I think what you put here in these between these covers is exceptionally important, um, exceptionally valuable, um, and is going to go a long way to help families navigate um, the stress that they're experiencing, maybe even generationally, right? It's something to unlock um, doors with. I think, I think you've done great things here, Noah. Thank you very much. Stressless, managing anxiety in a modern world. And we've said it plenty of times, it's packed with evidence-based skills uh, that are accessible and can help us achieve a mind-body well-being. And even if we just learn one of those tools, like you say, off the back of our hand, and we know it really well and we can use it anytime, I think it will make the world of difference to your vitality, really. And that's what we're looking for. So Stress Less is out, is available in all good bookstores. Don't delay. Get yours today. And sigh. <laughs>